We are live and in living color. Welcome to the TFW podcast. That's freaking wrestling. We are on episode 10. Rhodesia barely has a voice. Rhodesia, besides your voice being completely shot, how you feeling? I feel really good, actually. Happy to be here tonight. Good. It sounds like you gargled on some thumbtacks. Ishan, where's your energy at from a level of 1 to 10 today, sir? Listen, it's me, it's me. It's that E-D-O-double-G. I'm like on a level, a level 11 right now. I'm feeling good. All right, we already got a dad joke in from E, so we know it's going to be a great, great show. Let's get this thing on and popping. It is so funny because every single week we kind of get on here. Well, not every single week, but there's been a few weeks where we're like, man, not much news. So, hey, let's kind of just like deep dive, Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown. And then the wrestling gods came and bestowed um, today, which is, of course, Thursday, Mercedes season is officially upon us if you guys don't know mercedes who is sasha banks she is expected to be at new japan's pro wrestling wrestle kingdom 17 event next month which is like njpw's wrestlemania you know whatever you want to say for eight you know aw's biggest show all out or double or nothing uh, that is according to several sources closest to the situation uh, while it is unknown whether mercedes will be appearing before the live crowd we are told that mjpw is bringing Mercedes in for the events back in October. She teased the idea of wrestling former WWE star. Uh, who is that? Um, Kyrie Sane in stardom, which shares the same corporate owner as NJPW and recently did a crossover event with NJPW. She has been training at a number of places in recent months in the United States and in Mexico. So, News hit earlier, and boy, oh boy, was Twitter wrestling a blaze of, oh my God, is Sasha Banks coming back? Is she not coming back? Is there a lot to do with this? Let's get into it now. Let's have some fun with this, okay? We could easily see her not show up on camera at Wrestle Kingdom. She could just be uh, visiting, maybe backstage or in the crowd, and then she shows up to Royal Rumble a few weeks later, and all is well. I, while I'll be excited for that, that's kind of boring. All right, so I'll give you guys my, I don't even want to say conspiracy theory, because I think that if I could put some money down on this bet, and the odds were pretty good, I think I'd be coming home with some money. So I'll give you guys, of course, my, my thoughts on what I think this could be leading to. You guys tell me your thoughts on what I say in the course and give me your guys' wildest dream um, scenario for Mercedes or Sasha Banks. All right, so we saw last night on Dynamite, which we'll get to later on the show, that show, which was a really, really good show. We've been talking about Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks showed up last night and showed out. We've been a fan. All three of us are huge fans, so we knew he could do that, but I think a lot of people didn't know he had that kind of promo in him. But I digress. Let's get just to... Mercedes. So this is what I think. I think we are in for a double swerve in AEW. Kind of like what they wanted to do with Brody Lee and Matt Hardy on that one dynamite that had to get nixed in front of a live crowd because of COVID. And what we saw with Adam Cole and Brian Danielson last year at All Out. 
So if you remember last night, Soraya's promo and the announcement about the tag match, that match is scheduled to be January 11th. Okay. That is a month away from now. Why did they bring up that match last night for a January 11th show? They also counted Jay's victory in that trios women's tag match toward her for, I think she's 43 and 0 now. So they counted toward her singles uh, record, which was interesting. Okay. So between that show being January 11th, which is a week after Russell kingdom, literally one week after Russell kingdom is January 4th. Dynamite show is January 11th. That dynamite show is in Los Angeles. The quickest and easiest route to Japan from America is through LA, Los Angeles. Okay. My thought is what I think is going to happen is I think that she would not be Soraya's mystery opponent. If you guys didn't see dynamite, Soraya needs to find an opponent to go against uh, Britt and Jamie Hayter. Since she's got to find an opponent. I think January 11th dynamite, we're getting two debuts or returns. I think it is perfect for us to assume she's going to be Soraya's tag team partner. She is not, but she is at that show to confront Jade. And that is going to be her 50th match for the TBS women's championship. So that's my thought. When I first saw it, I'm like, this leads up to what I said. If you guys remember last week on the show, I talked about, Hey, I really think that promo from Jade was like towards somebody who's not there. It was a lot of nobody can lace my boots. Nobody can see me. I'm the biggest star when I stand next to anybody. That sounds just like she's, you know, shouting to Sasha or Mercedes, whatever her name is going to be. Of course, when we see her outside of the WWE, that is my thought. Like I said, that is like fantasy booking. But if I had to bet that scenario somewhere, I'd feel pretty good with my money kind of throwing that down. Ishan, let me start with you because you talked a couple weeks ago on the show. You said, hey, you know, the back and forth with Sasha, it is what it is. You'll just be excited to see her back. Now, knowing this information that we just heard today, that she is allegedly going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, has your thoughts changed on where we see her, when we see her? Just give us your thoughts. If you want to give your thoughts on my scenario, then kind of give us your thoughts and what you would like to see if all bets were off. You know what? I love your scenario. As a fan, I would love for that to happen. But I guess I am such a pessimistic person, to be honest with you. I, I, I just don't see it happen or... I'll wait for it to happen. But I do want to play along because I think that's a awesome and fascinating uh, story that you brought up there. But there are some strange things happening right now that makes you think that something is in the works. Because the big thing is, why are we, December 8th, announcing a tag team match in January 11th? It's over a month away. There's a lot going on. Like, why on a random January 11th, we're announcing a tag match this early, right? So if it's just something as far as scheduling, you know, maybe Soraya has something going on, or maybe someone's doing a movie, or maybe Brett is, you know, she's going back to get recertified for dentistry. Who knows? But that's such an odd number. So something has to be baking in the oven, right? Tony has to have something going on that's going to be 
wow, that's going to make us definitely want to consider that date. So I'm expecting something to happen that day, right? So let's let's play the game. Let's hope it's Sasha because we don't know what's going on with her, right? She's been out of WWE, WWE for over six months now, right? What's the problem? What's going on? What's going on with the contract? Did they just agree to let her out? She said maybe a month or so ago that she was she had a fantastic opportunity um, in the works. Is this that opportunity? Is she now a, a free agent come January and she's able to work New Japan and she's able to work this AEW show? And then this is huge for New Japan because I don't I think this might be one of their first couple of women matches. I, I know this they've been talking about it for some time. I haven't kept up on all of it. But I think that's a very fascinating story. And just recently, you know, Jay was in my current place of residence in Atlanta, GA, with Naomi, right? What a random pairing at a basketball game for them to follow. Why are they hanging out? Are they getting acquainted? Are they becoming friends because they're going to be soon to be co-workers, frenemies? You know, is Naomi going to pop up on her? And challenge her further. I mean, if you think about it, this is an amazing time right now to where we can get this is this is my booking scenario. Cause I've been thinking about it, right? Cause I'm okay. like, you know what, man? Stop being so gosh darn pessimistic, right? Believe in Tony, he has some magic happening for me, right? Here's my scenario. I think that Sasha is indeed going to be Soraya's tag team partner. I think it's happening, okay? And then at the end of that match, Mercedes Sasha Banks is going to squirt Soraya, and she's going to turn on her. And we're going to get that feud that we should have got, you know, five years ago, right? Hey, chick, I'm taking you off for good this time. This is my house now, right? Fast forward, little Big Bow Wow, right? He, he looked a little big right now. Big Bow Wow. Big face Bow Wow. Yeah, he, he just been eating good. That's all. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Good. I was eating. Hey, look, I was eating good a week ago. Cakes, pads, all going in the belly. Bow Wow, I feel you. Look, it is the holiday season. Bow Wow was bringing out Naomi as the contender for Jade, and and she will beat Jade for her fiftieth opponent. Out of there. That's what I'm booking right now for the family. I like that. Got, I like that. First off, y'all, her, them, this is too much for me. Um, I'm starting to feel like Eshan now as far as just I'm going to, my emotions are being played with too much. I'm just going to sit back <laughs> and relax and wait for her to come back. Um, but first you had asked something about what's the wildest return. Then there was another question that came up. I did think that New Japan was only for males to wrestle. So this would be really interesting to see what capacity she's going to be used at, at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm excited about it there. Um, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that Sasha Banks is going to come back or Mercedes is going to come back as a tag team partner. Uh, I didn't think about your booking. Um, I didn't have that insight that you had, Matt, as far as what you thought. But I like that. I think I that might be what I would lean toward. But, again, I still feel that she's one of Triple H's babies. What's happening here? I want her to go back and be number 30 in a Women's Royal Rumble. So I, I'm just, again, I'm kind of like Eshan. I'm just confused at this point. I'm hurt. My emotions <laughs> is everywhere. I'm going to sit Are back you a little and scared too? watch. I might be a little scared, too. <laughs> so while well, you know, this would funny, be the like, 30th. 
the 30th per, um, person in the Royal Rumble. That'd be my wildest, I guess, at this point, since it's leaning toward AEW. Well, you let, and this is why, like, tribalism and wrestling is so stupid. Imagine waking up this morning a Sasha Banks fanatic and going to bed tonight a Mercedes hater because she couldn't <laughs> be going to AEW. You know what I mean? Like, so yep. all the trash tribalism folks out there, figure your life out. This is supposed to be fun. We are. This is, should be super exciting. It is. She's awesome. ruining her career, Matt. She's ruining her career. I saw somebody <laughs> on Twitter say earlier, I would never watch AEW again if she shows up to AEW. Wow. Now, if you have a personal beef with Sasha Banks, say you hate her. Okay, that's cool. But like, come on, guys. It, it is not that serious. I am so ecstatic. January is always fun anyway because we do get Wrestle Kingdom for the diehard U.S. fans and then you roll right into the Royal Rumble. And we know we always get some type of returns at the Rumble and that sets us up for WrestleMania. But think about this year. Think about the people that Triple H probably has on deck as surprises. Because once again, this is his first Royal Rumble where he is the head guy in charge. Tony evidently is at a point where he's like, look, Let's get going. I really, really think we're going to see both of them or at the minimum one of them on that AEW Dynamite show in January. And there was something else, Ishan, you made a comment on. Oh, the Bawa thing. That has not been rectified. And then also the other part of why I think what we're talking about here, there is some credence to it. I think there's a ton of smoke. I think people just don't want to think of a world where Wow, someone like Sasha Banks leaves WWE and goes to AEW. Think about those trademarks we just talked about a few episodes ago. She ain't do all them trademarks for one New Japan match. That that ain't it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So I'm super excited for that, but that did just hit today. So that should be really, really fun. Of course, we know news is going to break probably between now and, of course, at the beginning of January to kind of probably give us some more information on where she's going to land Next, after New Japan, and maybe even before New Japan. So, uh, something else that came out this week that I did want to get your guys' thoughts on was PWI did release their Tag Team of the Year list. So, this, if you guys are not familiar with PWI, they cover the time period from October 1st of last year to September 30th of this year. All right, so the people who selected these tag teams, and we'll just go over the top eight. I really am interested in the top four to get your guys' thoughts on. Do you think anybody else should be there, or is the ranking correct? But it says here the selectors weigh in ring achievement as part of it, influence on the sport slash promotion, technical ability, and quality of competition, along with activity. Here's the top eight. We'll just start at number eight. Eight is the Young Bucks. Number seven were the Good Brothers. Number six was RK Bro. Number five was our first non-American team. I'm not familiar with these guys. Fu, Fu, Cool, K, Double Crazy. So I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. So my apologies if I completely butchered that name. Number four was the Lucha Bros. Number three was the Briscoe Brothers. Number two was FTR. And number one was the ones. The Usos. So before we, of course, continue, shout out to everybody on the list, in particular those top eight. Rodizia, I'll throw it to you first. 
thoughts on, like I said, we can look at, you know, you can talk about the top eight, but what I really want to get your guys' thoughts on was four to one. Lucha Bros four, Briscoe's three, FTR two, Usos one. Are you good with those four? And are you good with the order that they are on this list? Very happy with the four, the top four. I probably would move the Briscoes um, to the fourth place. Because right now you said it was number three. They were three. Yeah, they're number three. Yeah, I probably wouldn't move them. But again, because I, I don't, I didn't know, I didn't follow them much. I don't know about them much, except for just the matches that they had with FTR this year. Um, you talking about those they, two match of the year candidates they had? The t- yes. Um, so, but I can't, although they were my matches of the year candidates, I can't put them, you know, above who's in fourth place. Who's in, yeah, Lucha, who's in Lucha Bros. Yeah, come on. The Death Triangle, the Lucha Bros, they are incredible. So I would probably just flip-flop those bottom two there. Okay, so you are good with the Usos being number one Absolutely. and FTR number two. Absolutely. I'm a good one. And what would, be, what would be your reasoning of putting the Usos first? Overall, they're just the best tag team out there I think I will ever see. I don't know if it's because they're actual twins, so it is something that's an energetic being or something with their synergy because they are brothers, but they're, they're polished. The moves that they do are slick. Um, the moves that they, they do things with ease, they fly with ease, they tell stories. I mean, it's in their blood. They're Samoans. So to me, with that being Samoans and them being actual twin brothers, I don't think anybody could compare it to them. Matt, why are you asking these rhetorical questions? G did you know it's ooh, so you know they're number one. Ain't no conversation needed to be had about Usos. I told you they were my top five of all acts in wrestling right now. I, like they're, they're phenomenal tag team. You told no, us no, way no. more than that in that episode. I, I told you hotness. All right, like of course Usos is number one. No, like, but I think the list is fine. Um, definitely FTR is there. To be honest with you, I will bump personally. I will bump the Briscoes down, and okay. I'll bring the acclaimed up because I, I don't. Is there a claim on that list? Uh, the they're down just in the top eight. In August. Yeah, yeah top I would eight. say. Yeah, I mean, well, think about they only got hot right around All Out time. That, that's only yeah. been a couple months. So if you're talking no, from sir, last they've September, they've been they've been they've been pretty wear, hot. They've been okay. a good build all year. So then you would, good put, build all year. you would put the acclaim at number three? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe number the four. Accla- the acclaim no, didn't have a bigger four. year than RK Bro. Not not even close before Randy got not hurt. Not even close. Mm-mm. Here's the thing. You guys maybe watch those shows. That company was boring. Oh, that's right. Dead as a you, doornail. You can't, you can't speak all on right? this list because you didn't watch WWE. All year, so you can only go off of <laughs> AEW and ROA. So, with that being said, you're right. I guess maybe you could put the acclaim. Hey, don't sit here three. and do that. You weren't watching those shows every week either, brother. So, don't. Yeah, you were not. This is Cap. This is Cap. This is Cap. If we're going to do that, then I'm going to say Sting and Darby Allen was a better tag team than the claim over the last September to, to August or whatever it was. The claim was not that high. If we're gonna do that, you know what? Let's have some fun, just real quick. Let's pull do up. Y'all, do y'all day drink? Let's pull up. Night drink? Let's What's pull going up on? where. Let's just see where the claim was. Let's have some fun. Top 25. Darby where do you guys think they were? They are in the top 25. Okay? So if you listen to 
I'm going to give you guys one last time what they look at. In-ring achievement, influence on the sport, technical ability, quality of competition, and activity. They are in the top 25. This is also including female uh, tag teams as well. Okay. Where do you guys think the acclaim is on this list? 18. Okay. You got Ishan? 10. Ooh. Rhodesia is the closest. Uh, 18 was swerving our glory. The acclaim okay. was number 20. That's fair. Yeah, just so you know, number 10 was Violence is Forever, which is Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini. They're formerly of MLW. My apologies, I'm not uh, up on my MLW watching. But a couple other notable names on this list in the top 25. Damage Control was 25. I think that's fair. Sasha Banks and Naomi was 19. Okay. Street Profits was 13. I forgot about them. Yeah, uh, Aussie Open was 11th. And then, of course, we went over the top eight. So those are all your main mainstream names on on the list. So this, there you this go. This list is like garbage. Said, hey. Where's my trash well, can? Sorry, man. Sorry. That That is what the list is, and that's all we can do about it. So We don't even know half the people. All, congrats to all those teams. There was You can't even pronounce their names. No, I couldn't. I'm going to try on, it again. Number five, number five is... Fukuaka, double crazy. That's spelled F-U-K-U-O-K-A. Fukuoka. <laughs> Fukuaka. Fukuaka. Let me let me stop while I'm ahead. Hey Matt, real quick, we, yes. we might know him. Who's the members members of the team? Okay, so I crazy. can't say the name of the team. You think I can say the name of the wrestlers? You are trying to set me up. Ah. It is. Oh, it, that's actually a female team. Stardom. Yay. Yep. Uh, it is Koguma and Hazuki. So, you're on mute. The people can't hear you, sir. Sorry, the button's not working. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a big team. And, and uh, you know, Stardom is super popular in Japan. Yeah. Um, awesome following. Uh, I don't follow enough personally, but it, it would make sense. They'd probably be up there if they're a great team. Okay. So, yeah. So, that, that was so shout out to all of them. Uh, there was some fun banter on Twitter yesterday where Usos, of course, represented. Said, hey, we the ones. Dax from FTR said basically that, uh, well, I think they acknowledged, if I'm not mistaken, the Usos. Or maybe not. Knowing Dax, he probably was upset they weren't number one. The Briscoes were like, <laughs> if we weren't banned off TV, no way we'd be number three. We'd be in that number one spot. So it was some fun That's banter. That's a pair. Yep, it True. was some fun banter back, back, and, back and forth on that. So shout out to all those teams. Uh, real quick, let's kind of go over the main wrestling shows. Let's start with SmackDown from last week. Not sure how much of the show you guys watched, but boy, oh boy, did Ricochet and Santos have a hell of a main event on SmackDown. There's a round of applause. Yep. Shout out to those guys for sure. The fun thing about seeing that match, it eventually we'll, we'll get past the prior regime, kind of looking at things, you know, before events, after events. But Ricochet comes out. Michael Cole says something to the fact of, and here comes the highlight of the night or something to that effect. And it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. And they went, and I think that match was probably about 20 minutes worth of TV time. 
it was three fantastic from yeah from bell to bell and it was it was cool to see that too because santos is of course not the biggest guy so to see him get that already smackdown main event spot main event. for the world cup against ricochet and them like i said them boys they definitely showed out so congrats to them for putting on a fantastic match after the match uh gunther shows up and has a stare down with ricochet and that matches in two weeks or actually now next Friday on SmackDown, which should be fantastic. It is going to be here in Chicago. So that was awesome. Uh, thoughts on that match? Radija, I know, I think you watched it today. You said, uh, how was that for you? And so that's with me going into it here and how great the match was. Um, and of course, after the match, the, the, I guess the part with Gunther and I still was blown away by the match. It was again, just, I had complained about it a couple weeks ago about these matches being three segments long, but in this regard here, this match, this example, it was done well. I think where the placement of their commercials and where they were working at, it made sense. But just overall, like you said, to see two guys, it probably wasn't the, the biggest guys to have that platform to hear Michael Cole say what he said when he first um, came out. I actually did have for one thought for just a so second. I'm like, man, if Pat McAfee was here commentating this, um, how even much more exciting. Took it, it up another been. level. Took it up yeah. another notch. Yeah, but my goodness, those two guys just showed completely out. I was, again, round of applause for them. Uh, probably, again, one of my matches of the year. Maybe I might be saying Whoa. it prematurely. Might be saying it prematurely. But, again, just the passion that they had and holding that main event spot of SmackDown, they, they really showed out. Ishan, are you giving Ricochet any chance of taking that belt off of Gunther next Friday? You know what? There's a possibility. Because mm -hmm. definitely since Triple H has uh, come back, um, we've definitely, he's definitely highlighted Ricochet and his strengths. And that's the great thing because I felt like when Ricochet was in NXT prior to you know going to their main roster, it seemed like he was on a great upward transition. Um, it seemed like his, his mic work was getting a little better. They were definitely emphasizing all the great things about him, his athleticism, the, the, all, the amazing things he can do in the ring. Um, so you never know. I mean, I, I like what he's been doing. He seems a lot, he seems legit, which he wasn't like a year ago right. um, or two years ago, right? So we could get an upset um, coming on SmackDown, and I, I, I wouldn't be against it. Okay. The other thing that I thought was really interesting from SmackDown, Karrion Cross kind of revealed who his next victim is going to be. Yeah. And it's Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I was kind of interested was super, about that too. Kind of like, hmm, okay, I didn't see that coming. Matches are going to be great whenever we have it. I know Ray is actually out right now nursing an injury, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. You guys got any thoughts on that? No, just to kind of like, well, kind of perplexed, but Ray has always shown up and when he went against a much bigger opponent. So I know we'll have something pretty exciting in store with that. And then maybe it might make more people again, become more interested in carrying cross, maybe having that Ray Ray there to, you know, bring out that part of the, the campaign or, you know, the program that they'll go into with each other. So I'm excited to see that. Yes, it's definitely, I think it's going to be another footnote, um, part of the Dominic and Ray story, because we know we're getting there, right? Part of the injury is that, because, you know, you know, <laughs> Dominic and Poppy rolled up on him at Thanksgiving dinner, and, it, you know, re-injured the leg. 
So this is going to be another footnote in that continuous saga. So it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see where this thing goes. Did you guys uh, hear Dominic's interview last week? And he stated why he uh, beat up his dad on Thanksgiving. I no, I didn't. Why? Because he already had his Christmas tree up. Dominic's the biggest so he hill in the his business. Ass. Biggest hill in the business. Everybody knows that Christmas tree goes up two weeks before Thanksgiving. There we go. Uh, Last thing on SmackDown I just wanted to bring up was T Knox returned, which is great for Tegan Knox. But, um, that was about it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Tegan Knox, so it's not a knock on mm-hmm. Tegan Knox and her work, but we've seen a lot of returns, of course, in WWE and all of them. I think he hasn't brought back anybody yet that I feel like should not be there. Everybody he's brought back shouldn't have been fired in the first place, at some point. But it was kind of just like really, really anti-class. And I get she's not a major, major name in wrestling, especially for the main roster. But I, I didn't think that was kind of the spot where you reintroduce someone. Uh, I just, it felt kind of flat to me, but um, that was really it for SmackDown. One other thing that I was like, uh, and we, we give them props when they deserve it and they deserve it almost every week. And they even deserved it on that show in another segment. But that was the first bloodline segment that missed. They missed in that one. It was way too much. My dog from the Usos to Sami Zayn. It, It just, it fell flat. So, like I said, everybody has a miss. Nobody's perfect. But I was watching it. It was kind of cringy a little bit. It was, I, I don't think that was the what they were trying to do. I did think it was interesting. Usos asked. They were talking backstage after that. And uh, Jimmy asked Jay, hey, are you, like, what's up with, like, have you talked to Roman about Sammy, you know, lying to your face about the KO thing? And Jay was just like, you know, Roman said he looked in his eyes and saw everything he needed to see. And they kind of moved on there like, and we got the W. So they they have not, that has not been dropped. That is still going to be, I think, a critical piece of the story going forward, which is going to be super cool. So anything else off SmackDown you guys wanted to bring up before we actually go into uh, Raw Thoughts? Um, I have like three just quick things. Um, one, Kofi was first to enter or declare that he's going into the Rumble. So that's exciting. Um, we see that Bray denied that he hurt L.A. night. <laughs> so <laughs> it, he actually said, if I had been the one, you would all know it because there'd be none of him left, which I'm like, ooh, okay, got it. And then just lastly, the volume 87 version of Lacey Evans, I, there was like a video package. Again, I'm excited. I'm going to sit back and see it. I think that this might be the Lacey Evans that we are going to like because it seemed like it's mainly her, the most genuine of her. Um, but if you haven't seen that video package, it's pretty cool, like her in a military training camp. Um, I believe she's in the Marine Corps. So that's it. That's all I have for SmackDown. Excellent. Ishan, you got anything? Just with uh, Lacey Evans, like, I don't get the start-stop with her. I think that everything she's done has been relatively pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not sure what Vince had in mind for when she came back from uh, from um, pregnancy. Uh, I'm not sure why it stopped her or it's you know why you know why the start and stop with her but i think she's phenomenal and i think they need to definitely find a spot for her with all these returns 
because she's she's needed, right? She has personality. Um, she's great on the microphone. She has an amazing look. Um, they need to figure her out and get her going. She checks every box. Yep, I agree. Definitely agree. All right, let's move on to Raw. I'll tell you um, another good show. Can't lie. Another good show. That's two in a row. Keep it going. Uh, one thing I was super happy about, I have been over Riddle for a while. He sucked since the feud with Seth, and then they had the fight pit. And that was like, after that, to me, it was a huge drop down in just his presentation, his gimmick. Uh, he has the same, but he's like, I don't know. I, I just haven't been a fan. Solo, Sokoa, let's give him a few rounds of applause. One, first one is the tribute to Umaga. was fantastic to see. Uh, but if you look at that beatdown, looks like to me, Riddle's going to be gone for a while. Of course, the assumption I would have is we see him return somewhere close to the Rumble or at the Rumble. But uh, that, that was a pretty vicious beatdown. So shout out to WWE for getting Riddle off our TVs until they can figure out some tweaks to his presentation because it hadn't been working, in my opinion. But I digress. What you guys think of, or if you had any thoughts, of that opening match with KO, the tag match with Usos, uh, and just Riddle overall being gone, it looks like, for the foreseeable future? <laughs> I don't want to just state the obvious here. But when he pretty much took Riddle out, I, I'm just I'm gonna just stop because I know we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Um, so I, you go ahead, say it. go ahead, Ishan. Say it. What no, you got? Say, I it. say it. Say it. You mean when he when he killed him? When we watched the <laughs> murder on on TV? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> it was great TV. Loved My it. God, um, I would just say this, and we I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. I really liked Raw two this week. Um, I was really interested with the two women's kind of like tournament to see who's going to go against Bianca. I hey, no, really you're jumping around. All that uh, we're, we're really talking okay, about Riddle okay, right okay. now and okay. him being dismantled on live television. You can't, you can't jump around. Mm -hmm. We, we got to throw it to Ishan and ask his thoughts about Riddle being absolutely destroyed by Solo. Riddle is going to be out for some time. <laughs> go ahead, Ishan. I just got to say, I think that uh, Matt, you're a little too hard on. Another Matt. You guys need to stick really? together. He's he, really? he's not that bad. He's not that bad, I don't think. I, I think the crowd likes him a little bit, too. I mean, he's... Oh, I think the crowd loves him. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, he, he does yeah. what he does. But so he you haven't felt, like, you That's haven't felt like he's been stagnant since... Uh, and I guess that match would happen in July, right? No. When was uh, Extreme Rules? I thought it was July. July or June. Well, it couldn't have been because uh, SummerSlam was July, and they canceled... That match. Remember, they pulled it, and then mm -hmm. the fight pit was actually the end of that feud. So it had to have been. Wasn't it around? The oh, Extreme Rules was like October. Oh, Extreme Rules, man. These it's crazy. Like these main <laughs> these big shows just happen. We are so spoiled. But yeah, I think that was October. So it hasn't been too much longer. I mean, but yeah, I have not been excited about his work. Let's just say that. Oh, so you want to bring up something about the females, Rudy's? I'll throw it back to you because I got something about Asuka, which I know you'll be super duper excited about. But what you got? Oh, I can't wait to hear. Can we just jump to that right now? Yes. So it looks like she is getting ready to go back to her vicious persona. Yeah. Last few days on Twitter, she has been showing using her old makeup she used back in Japan. I actually pull up a couple of um, tweets. So you guys can understand what I'm talking about here. While I pull I this she up, she was talking. She was talking ish, wasn't she? In oh her yeah, yeah, she sure yeah. was. 
All right, so the first one well, was, it was actually, so she's been showing the photos of her with the old, actually, this goes back a few days. She says, uh, I don't want respect. I have never wanted to be respected. I don't care about that. I'm going to listen to the new Metallica, uh, Metallica song and go to bed. Okay, so that was that. <laughs> then the next day she says, um, the world is full of shit. Mm. Then after <laughs> that, she says, goodbye, cruel world. And these are all photos of her and her old makeup. And then just today, she put up one. It was kind of like a poem. But uh, her last one she did just eight hours ago is a picture of her looking down and says, anybody in there? So I think Let's we are getting ready to. Yep, at least what she was in NXT. So if we can get that presentation of Oscar on the main roster, boy, oh boy, are we in for some significant matches and stories being told. So like I said, I don't I know mean, what, is, Asuka, what you were going to talk about, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say she was a complete afterthought this week in Raw on Raw. She was like the bottom of the totem pole. She was like not interesting at all. So to hear that, I was really excited. Because to me, again, Asuka, I hold her to on a really high pedestal because she deserves it. Um, her run at NXT, and from what I hear, what she was in Japan, she was the best there. So when you know I saw her come to WWE, lose her undefeated streak, okay, whatever. I mean, she's still funny. She's cool. But I, I want my heart hit in Asuka. And if I can get that, oh, gosh. I can't wait to come to do these shows. Because that's all I'm going to talk about is Asuka, 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 Asuka. She's definitely an example of a talent. If they just do some uh, a small tweaks to her character, um, she'll be that much more effective. Um, she definitely is a great in the ring. We know what she's capable of. Um, I, I think Vince really loved the the cartoony dancing Oscar, and I think that's had, that has run its course. Um, I think it's time for her to do something else. I think the division needs something else. I would love to see. A heel Asuka, you know, going over to SmackDown and kind of revive, you know, reviving that division. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see what she does next. I, I saw all the the pictures of her as uh, I think it was kind of was her a persona in uh, Japan. So I'm definitely looking yep. to see what we're doing with that. Okay, just give me so strong really style cool. Asuka. She gonna have to be yeah. heel or face. Just give me strong style Asuka. It's gonna it is gonna be interesting to see who her feud is going to be with if she, I mean, I, I'm still holding out hope for her and EO sky. And I'm just saying mm -hmm. WrestleMania, I keep saying WrestleMania cause we're going to WrestleMania, but it can be at the rumble. I just want them on a big platform to really show what they can do. I think that's going to be super, super cool. Uh, the only other thing I had from raw that I wanted to talk about, and then I'll throw it to you guys for any highlights you had. So I thought Seth and Bobby did a great job of selling their number one contenders match for next week. Uh, I think Seth did a really good job of keeping that Brock Lesnar conversation there too. You know, he kind of, you know, baited Bobby into saying that he's obsessed with Brock Lesnar. Looks like we probably are going to get that match at the rumble, which is next month. So I thought that was really cool. So it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like next week, that number one contenders match. And it's going to be really interesting to see what that looks like when they have the match with theory and where that goes. So they do definitely have some really good stories going right now uh, on raw. Thank goodness. So what do you guys have for raw? Anything that floated your boat or <laughs> sunk your ship? If it was something that was really bad. Well, I know the ref that got speared. 
<laughs> oh, you talking about the producer? Uh, the producer. <laughs> Shout to him. Um, other than man, that was, that was the second best be... beer that we yeah. saw this week. The first yeah. was last night on on Dynamite, but yeah, yeah he he took that. Hey, Jamie still got it. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually going to be my TFW moment of the night um, or the week, but I'm not. I'm not going to give it to that. But that was that was a close call right there that he took it, and that's freaking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it is, Bystanders right? getting speared. Only in wrestling. Eastan, you got anything? Oh, you're, he's on mute again. Hey, you know, this, this button's playing tricks with me. I, I got a little bit of a lag on here. Uh, but it's definitely so. Seth still a, a, is a face right now, right? He's a good guy, but he's still. Going back, you know, five years ago and using Jamie Noble as a shield. You know, it's like, especially yeah. when you know the J&J security. That's a shout out. Right? Yep. That's where that's what that reminds me of. Like, term booking right there. That look is at, long-term look. storytelling. Look at Jamie still coming back to the defense. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, well, if you don't have anything else for Raw, if you don't have anything else for WWE, we can transition over to AEW. And look at, I know you had something you wanted to bring up, Ishan, surrounding Regal. So we we found out this week, it is confirmed, Regal is leaving AEW for WWE. And uh, it's going to be at the beginning of the year. So, what did you have? Yeah, it looks like we finally found out what's going on with uh, Regal and and Tony Khan. And um, Tony Khan addressed um, the situation with... uh, Rico at the pre-show uh, media scrum for Final Battle. Um, he said that uh, Rico requested that uh, AEW not renew his contract back in October prior to the company's first shows in Toronto. So this this has been in the works for quite some time, right? And Khan hmm. uh, was dealing with family issues at the time and with his mother suffering a stroke between All Out and Grand Slam. So, you know, I want to send, you know, thoughts and prayers and well wishes to the Khan the family. Uh, that's definitely... You know, mom, he hopes she's okay. Um, and, you know, kudos to him for running multiple businesses and, you know, being creative through this huge ordeal. Um, but it said, uh, concept that Rico approached AEW, uh, legal, uh, not to request, uh, to not renew his contract so he could return to WWE to work alongside his son, Charlie Dempsey. And, you know, for me, I think it's a great move. Right, because I think that uh, Rego is can offer more to any company um, than just a managerial role on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's there's a there's a huge work for him behind the scenes. And I think at his at his age, he probably wants to uh, do a job that's one that's very fulfilling for him. And I think he loved what he did at NXT. Um, and again, him being a little bit older, him now wanting to work with the son. I mean, you know. I have kids, you know, I want to spend as much time as I can with them. Um, you know, he's had, he lived a hard life, you know, uh, I, he, I know he's been sober and he's been doing well for a number of years now. Um, but you know, those, those wrestlers from that time period, you know, you know, God bless him. I hope he has a long life and, you know, whatever time he does have, I, I, I think it's great that Tony's given him that time to go ahead and spend with his family because Tony could have said, no, you know, I'm going to go ahead and renew the contract. I see value in you here. And, you know, he gave, you know, uh, William that time. So what I want to ask you guys, with this new information that's been presented, because we finally know what's going on with Regal, 
mm-hmm. after seeing the, the story played out, does it all make sense? Um, the entire show, like the, the storyline makes sense. Does the promos make sense? Does everything make sense and everything right with the world? I want to hear from you guys. <laughs> Where did you take this first? Yeah, that's all, okay. <laughs> it's all everything right with the world because of that. I uh, can't answer that question. Um, but I was satisfied. I, I'll just you be honest with it. you. When I heard it, when I, <laughs> when I heard it last night, the explanation, the backstage video, or the interview he had, I felt satisfied. I said, okay, thank you. So for me, I know y'all two were super hot over this whole um, MJF explanation a couple weeks ago. What? And I had to pull back. I had to pull back. Both of y'all. B-O-F y'all. Nah, Both y'all. I don't but, remember that. But for me, I, I think that it was a good explanation. I'm happy. Uh, one, I'm happy that Tony, again, was a, a great businessman to let him leave the contract. I'm happy that William Regal was able to go be where he wants to be. Um, so just good for both of them and, and may both for their future endeavors work out beautifully. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he was a good businessman for letting him out. I think he's a good person for letting him out. The business good man, person. I'm be, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, good person. you sign. You are in the biggest storyline of the company. Now nah, you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. I said on Twitter yesterday, I hope people don't take Tony Khan's kindness for weakness. That's a that's a man. Kudos to him. You know, once again, you are legally bound to these terms. Even if he had an opt, opt-in clause, okay, it's in the contract that, hey, you're here, I'm signing you again. So I think that's awesome that he is going to let him go. I am really, really happy that the information came out of why he's being let out. Boy, oh boy, the perception, and we all know, especially in wrestling, perception is reality. And oh my mm-hmm. God, the perception would have been the stuff we already started hearing that I think got kiboshed yesterday that Regal saw just how unprofessional the place was and he went out as soon as he could. I mean, it was just so much going out. So I am glad that the real story came out. And to your point, absolutely thoughts and prayers to uh, Tony Khan and his family to hear his mom had two strokes during that time period. That's a lot to have to deal with. So I am happy for that. But to answer your question, nope. (laughs) like no the story still didn't make sense i did really really like that promo package last night almost like got me kind of emotional a little bit like man like and and that's funny because we knew of course like the the backstage stuff and we knew that hey word is he's out so for us to see that you know promo last night or that interview segment with tony where he's basically just like hey if you're seeing this something went wrong (laughs) and i did it because you guys didn't need me anymore but i wanted to show you one last lesson which is you know never you know, not look at your back. It's something I think it was something to the fact of, you know, don't trust anybody and always watch your back. Uh, so I thought that was like really, really cool. So I did think that was a good way to write him off, you know, of the company. But that still, to me, does not give them a, oh, hey, okay, you know, the last two months of horrible storytelling surrounding the finality of that match is still, to me, like we could have came up with something better than that, you know, so... Uh, but once again, hey, we kind of wipe our hands of it, and we see last night, I said it at the beginning of the show, Ricky Starks, Pretty Ricky, whatever you want to call him, that promo, we throw out a lot of hyperbole, right? Generational, promo of a lifetime, promo of the year, all that kind of stuff. That promo was a poster child of why unscripted promos 
are so fantastic when people can do it. Nobody could have wrote that promo for him but Ricky Starks. That promo was fantastic. The reason why I loved it so much, it wasn't just the promo. It was MJF ate him up in the beginning. Ate him up. Ate him up. Hit him with the pebble line. I mean, he hit him with anything you could think of. And Starks was so good, nobody's talking about the MJF promo. I think, and this is including CM Punk, I think this is the first time we've seen anybody go toe-to-toe with MJF on the microphone. And it was just fantastic television. So I'll throw it to you guys. Um, I loved it. I loved every single second of that promo interaction. Of course, the match is next week. I don't think there's a shot that Ricky has of winning. And I don't think he should win. I think if he did win, it's too soon. Too much too soon. I don't think he's ready yet. But they got to protect him. They got to do something in that finish next week where when we see the rematch, he is at a much higher level than what he is now. And we feel like, yep, he's going to beat MJF. So, Ishan, I'll throw it to you first. Thoughts on the promo uh, and then thoughts on the match for next week. Look, Matt, Rhodesia, I loved every second of that. That was an amazing moment. Man, how long have I been talking to you about Ricky Starks? I've been telling you for a long time that this man was going on the microphone. But to be honest with you, I didn't expect him to, to cut that type of promo. I mean, I thought he was good to great on the mic. And I said that, yo, they need to give him more mic time. This man can make people feel something. But I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. And you you caught it. Uh, this is the first time that someone outdueled MJF on the microphone. I didn't think it was possible. Um, that's why for me as a big Ricky Starks fan, I was kind of wanting to protect him a little bit. I was like, Hey, don't give him the big dog just yet. Get this man hot so that the crowd can be behind him so he can do well. Cause I wouldn't see this man do well, but they didn't, he didn't need it. He already had it. He has it, man. That promo was amazing. And like I said, the biggest thing for me is that he outdueled MJF on that microphone he cut him up he sliced him i mean it was an amazing thing and i think that was going to go down as not only his greatest promo today but that might be another generational promo as well i don't you know that was his version of the mic drop but i got a question for you guys because i was thinking about this right because mjf cut his pipe bomb type promo over the summer ricky we, we just heard and, ricky and you're talking about which promo? You talking about the promo where he left the company, where he called Tony and Mark and said fire me and all that? Is that the one you're talking about? That's it. That's the one. Okay. So, would you take MJF's awesome promo, right? If you had to pick one right now, would you would you pick MJF's mm. promo, or would it be Ricky Stark's promo he just cut? I'm partial. I'm gonna have to go with MJF's just because we were there. So no, not that one. The one that was after double or nothing where he uh, came out and said, I'm hurting from last night. That was after his warlord match. And he went off about uh, him not getting, you know, the money he deserves and Tony's paying all these WWE people instead of me. And nobody can do what I do. Cause I make you feel something that promo. Okay. That got one. it. Got it. So yep. Got it. Okay. 
I'm still going to go with that one. Because again, he's, Man, calling, out, he's calling out the boss. Um, I'm really going to go one. with this one by Starks because that was a in a time capsule promo. Right. So if we if we were to look at that promo five years from now, you would need context to say, like, hey, this is what was going on in the context is why it was so important and why it was so great. This promo, you're going to be able to pull up and say, this is where Tony, uh, Tony Stark, <laughs> this is where Iron Man takes off. This is where he puts the, the suit on and goes out in the galaxy. To me, that's, that, that's this promo. Like if you think about Punk's Pipe Brown promo, his original promo in WWE, you really don't remember why he came out to cut the promo. It wasn't connected to at that time, Something in like one case scenario. MJF scenario was he's upset. He didn't show up to the autograph signing, barely showed up to the match the night before. And I'm airing my grievances out because that was more of like a shootish promo. This promo is in the context of, oh, this is 100% story. And he's beating MJF at his own game. That's why I'll take this one. They both were incredible. I mean, they're probably promos top two of the year. Easily, I would say, uh, in that order. Last night and then MJF summer promo. But, uh, man, how great was that? That was that was beyond. And the other thing I was so impressed with is we think he has a 0% chance of winning the title. In the middle of that promo and at the end, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe they call an audible. You can't call an audible. I get that. But th- once again, that's how he made you believe that – he, he's got something here. So shout out to them. I loved MJF making sure his shoes came off when he got speared. That was incredible. I just, I mean, everything about that segment, I thought was just two thumbs way, 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 way up. So, but yeah, I, I would take that one over uh, his promo over the summer. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you 100%. And another reason why I will go with uh, Ricky's promo is you knocked it out of the park exactly because Rick, Rick Stark's promo led to, is leading to something, right? His promo, he took, like, if, you, if you're on, like, a ranking list of, like, the top AEW stars with one promo, Ricky went from maybe the middle to the top. Like, right now, he looks like one of their rising stars as somebody that Tony Khan can bet on for the future. He also, just like you said, like, wow, okay, Ricky might have a shot at winning this championship, right? Right. Because he made you, with one promo, invest into that character, that storyline, and that match, and that's freaking wrestling. That's what a promo is supposed to be about, right? Now, you go back in the day to MJF's promo, and this we were talking about it back in the day, and I said, yes, that was an awesome promo, but what's the payoff? What's it leading to, right? It didn't lead to a lot. You know, he, he trashed the owner. He trashed the company in a time period where a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of booty online was trashing the owner, trashing the company, right? He came back. You thought that it was going to lead to something, and really up until now, it hasn't really created much momentum for him. Uh, I think, honestly, right now, MJF is kind of stagnant. He was already a, a big star. He's already a huge star. Um, but right now with Ricky, 
He really, with one promo, I think changed his entire perception in the world of wrestling with just one promo in less than five minutes. I thought that was like one of the best things I've ever seen. One of the best promos I've heard that's going to build to something real. So I loved it. One you know, thing I am going to mention too about Tony, Tony Stark's Lord have mercy. <laughs> Iron Man, <laughs> take it off. He's out of here. Man, Put that suit on. Pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky. Can't, did we, no one mentioned, and y'all, everything y'all said was wonderful. I can't follow what y'all said. But can we please mention that this was all after a battle royal? Yeah. <laughs> this is all after a battle royal. He, his ribs is hurting. He's in the corner, and he still was able to take what MJF threw at him. Like, I mean, again, unscripted, and he hit low. That pebble, ooh, I probably was ready to, to sucker punch him. But <laughs> he was able to retort and come back. And like you said, this is a, a, an exchange of his lifetime. You know, this is cementing him now as going to be a big name in wrestling. All after a battle royal match which he showed out for that match as well, too. But I'll let you go, Matthew, or Matt. No, you are 100% on the button there. So love that you were talking about perception a little bit earlier, just a couple minutes ago. For me, and I was already really high on the acclaim, they show last night they are legit, legit, legit stars for AEW. They've, they've had really good matches. They've had fantastic matches with... Um, Keith Lee and Strickland, they've had really good matches besides that. But last night was the first time for me where I was watching them go with FTR and they were matching FTR step for step. And I'm like, you know what? Their in-ring work is just as good as their promos and their gimmick and their stick. Loved it. They have something with... Uh, them and I, once again, this is fantastic. We talk about it a lot, but this is why you have to be able to maneuver around things in wrestling. Where when the crowd is responding to something, you got to change. I give Tony a lot of crap for not being able to change on the fly. When he has a story that he wants to stick to, and if he has to deviate, you can tell on TV because it doesn't make sense. And then you find out like, oh, well, they had to deviate from the story because somebody got hurt or whatever the case may be. And I don't think before All Out, there was a plan of putting the belts on the acclaim. I think they started bubbling. That All Out match was swerving our glory, where the crowd was 95% behind the acclaim. And then they did the rematch where they won the titles on Dynamite. And they've been off to the races ever since. They are the number one merch sellers right now in AEW. Think about that. This is a team that awesome. six months ago... Nobody would have pegged to be like, hey, guess what, guys? You're going to be one of the most over acts in wrestling, and, and your matches stand up with everybody on the card. I, I thought that was incredible. Um, I know Ishan right now is pointing at himself because he's been high on the acclaim. So I'm going to skip past that because then this is another one of those let me pat myself on the back moments. I do want to shout out Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. They did the perfect big man, little man match last night. Darby just throws himself around. Samoa Joe just lets him fall. That was like the story for half the match. And then he choked him out. So we saw. Well, you know two, how uh... passionate I am about that. <laughs> I swear I cannot stand this. I've said this for the longest. This unnecessary moves that wrestlers do. Listen, I'm not a wrestler and I can't tell you what to do. But I'm going to tell you these stupid, crazy moves that you do that can possibly break your neck. 
I don't want to watch it. It's not necessary for me. Darby Allen oh, is a great wrestler. He, oh my God! Did you see when he hit his back on the concrete? Because he, if he didn't bump, like if it was like one inch off, he would have completely landed on the concrete and could have broke his back, spinal. You know. And at this point, there'd be no more Darby. Like well, I'm so over it. Hey, I actually turned. Just so I turned you know, away. Every move in wrestling, if you don't take it properly, absolutely, can, absolutely can your, correct. Your and you're right. Shout, you're right. shout to uh, Mike Tyson. I wish I had. Man, I wish I had. That clip Spinal. right now, I play it. Spinal. <laughs> I broke my back. <laughs> Spinal. But point is, I stopped watching it because I'm tired. I'm not going to support the the moves that Darby does. Like, he doesn't need to do that. I love him. I'm a fan of his. He doesn't have to put his life on the line, like, literally, figuratively, every single time he's in the ring. So that's all you guys I'm saying. You know first. I'm passionate about that, Matt. You guys hear Rhodesia will not watch AEW going forward because of the bumps that Darby Allen takes. She would not. Hey, I got another question it. for you guys, right? I got another yes. question about Darby <laughs> Allen. Because after watching that match, he took another loss, right? And Darby's because he's one of those guys, he doesn't necessarily need to win every match for you to believe in him. But, you know, three years ago, Darby was one of their rising stars. He's one of the, he's one of the pillars, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel like a pillar anymore. I think so. I really do. I, I, I'm always excited when he comes out. Um, I really do. I, and I, the crowd reaction is still really there for him. For me, I still think he is a pillar. I'm not saying he's not popular because I, I, I love Darby. Um, you know, I love what he does. But he, he just doesn't, doesn't seem important enough. I think because they are treating him as, which they should, I think because they're treating him as an attraction. That's probably why you feel that. He's not fighting really for any titles. I mean, well, he did last night against Joe, but we knew where that was heading. But, you know, it's like him and Stinger, they're in their own bubble. They're in their own universe. Kind of like what mm-hmm. Cody was in AEW. Hey, I can't fight for the championships. I got to do my own thing over here. And that's what it feels like with Darby. You, you really only kind of see him in a major story around pay-per-view time. Other than that, we don't see him often. And I think that's by design because I think it's easy to – expose Darby and I hate saying expose, but I think it's easy to expose him if he's on consistently because you get used to it. Right. So like the kind of matches that he, he works and I was telling Rhodesia last night, like you can get away with doing those kind of matches once every couple months. We kind of talked about Jeff Hardy. We were comparing, you know, what he looks like compared to what Jeff Hardy used to do with his crazy bumps. Jeff was working 300 nights a year. Darby's not working that, you know, I mean, he's probably working, what, maybe 50 nights, you know, in terms of actually wrestling. I don't know if he's still doing indies or not, but it's on, on AEW TV. He's not working that often, but I think that's probably why you feel that way is because he is kind of separate from the regular AEW, and he's got his own thing going with Sting. What was the last feud that we – because I, I feel like I see him enough. Uh, I felt like uh, you know, he his last few was with Sting against House of Black, right? And that wasn't too long ago. It seemed like they always have something for him to do. But it's, as you said, though, and that makes a lot of sense, it does seem like it's kind of like a separate universe outside mm-hmm. of AEW. Like it's like a little pocket universe that he does this thing and doesn't really relate to titles or big stories within AEW. And I don't know if that's a problem or not, because I'm still invested 
in the character. I think the, the crowd definitely is. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't seem like what he does matters in the grand scheme of things. And I don't know how I feel about that. No, I get that. I get I get that for sure. Well, you know, that's be one of the ones where hey, time would tell what his story looks like when he separated from Sting. And that's got to be coming sooner rather than later. Just because, you know, I can't see Sting. I feel like it's running its course, right? Doesn't it seem yeah. that way? Yeah, it's, you know, it's still great, you know, when we see it. We know Sting is going to walk into the arena and find some high to jump off of and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing that in my match tonight. It, it's still entertaining, but uh, they're kind of like the, nothing has really added to them, you know, in, in a while. But it's still great to see, but to your point. I did want to bring up something, and then Ishan, I'll throw it to you. I know you had something around the AEW Rampage ratings you wanted to bring up. We just talked about Darby getting killed, uh, theoretically, in the ring. And we're not about watching AEW anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. Uh, we talked about Riddle uh, getting his last rights on Raw Monday. I do want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts about literal screen, on-screen deaths in pro wrestling? We've seen it before. We've seen it with Lucha Underground. We just saw it actually last week with Eric Young, uh, who is going back to WWE, if you let reports say it, that he was literally killed off on Impact Television. Of course, we know going into it that wrestling is uh, a work. It is, you know, they're stunt people. If you want to look at it that way, you know, at the literal, literal sense of what it is. What's your guys' thoughts on actual, literal killing a character off on TV. I'm kind of indifferent about it. You know, in one way, I was like, no, you should never do that. But what's the difference from Regal, you know, being carted off to the hospital and we never see Regal again on AEW TV and he's never spoken of. He basically got killed off or, you know, we call it right off in wrestling, but he basically was written off of TV. Is killing somebody on the show too much? Or do you guys say, hey, it's all fair game because it's entertainment? I will say I'm a little bit indifferent, but I'm going to lean more toward I'm against it. I, I have not personally seen the on-air killing. Um, the one with Eric Young, didn't he get, like, shot or stabbed or something? I think he was stabbed. I know somebody got stabbed so in today's and, and he died. In today's, climate, on, in today's climate and just how the world is going, I don't want that in the wrestling that I watch. So I, I'm probably going to lean toward um, – I was maybe indifferent initially. I'm probably going to lean toward being against it. It's, I don't think it's necessary. A violent killing. I guess a killing. All killings are violent, but you get what I mean. Absolutely. I, I like so the the killings in Lucha Underground. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with that program. I, I followed it pretty regularly. Try to catch it as much as I can. Um, that was truly almost like a soap opera for wrestling. It was really good. Um, it was really well produced. I'm not sure how that show didn't become bigger or grow and how it's not around now but it kind of made sense because like i said it seemed like a really a big uh soap opera yeah um, no, i mean like for people who don't know they they legit did episodes like it was like yeah. tv like their like backstage segments was shot like a television show it wasn't shot like wrestling like it was like legit characters and you if you didn't know what wrestling is you were like oh this is like a movie and these people wrestle that's no doubt with like. the dramatic music, the kind of that yep. was happening in the background. It was it was really nice. It was a really refreshing take on wrestling. Um, so that's kind of a different side pocket 
right, of wrestling to me. Whereas Impact isn't known for things like that. And that's one of those things that I wish that wrestling would kind of stay away from. Because I think that's when you start making it a little bit too hokey. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big disconnect. Because the, the thing about wrestling, you got to kind of be in on it. Right, you gotta kind of be willing to believe in things that necessarily may not make sense, but things like that really, I think, pushes your limits of how much you can believe in something or not. Right, so like that's something that I think they should stay away from. You know, like so I'm not sure they're ever gonna have a, a Impact Hall of Fame, and if they ever have one, Eric Young should definitely be in it. Right, Cause he's been in that company yeah. almost since day one. Right, so. You know, in five or ten years, right, can they bring Eric Young back? What is going to bring back zombie Eric Young? Like, how is he going to bring him back so he can be inducted in the Impact Hall of Fame? He's dead now. Like, it's just, for me, stay away from those things. I, I, I don't like hokey wrestling. I don't like things that expose it for being too fake. Because as fans, we got to explain why we're fans too often as it is. I don't want to turn uh, the, the Impact on and see them... Fake killing Eric Young. I mean, that's just not for me. But Tony Stark did die in Avengers. <laughs> so we brought up Tony Stark earlier. Uh, last thing, Aiden, I'll throw it to you. Then we can wrap up with our TFW moment of the week. Uh, you wanted to bring up something with AW and the ratings on Rampage. We know the ratings, I think they actually had their worst rating in history Friday, if I'm not mistaken. But what you got it on that? It did, and see, this is something that uh, you know Matt and I have been talking through via personal text, and you know I'm gonna hope that a lot of our personal text personal stays text personal, guy, right? Because you know man, Matt did a week, heel one week. I have a good. He time. did a heel turn on me last week, right? I bring up one thing, and now I can't live it down. I've been good today. I haven't said one thing that you said about anything. Hey, MJF <laughs> and Win Regal said, "Don't trust the devil," right? They they didn't taught me something, but um. We've been talking about Rampage for quite some time, just, just personally. And uh, just read something quick. It says, uh, Tony Khan at the ROA Scrum said, I am definitely uh, looking to put strong matches on Rampage. I think we'll have a big card this week with the depth of the roster. I think it's time for me to really put all hands on deck to put the strongest shows I can on Fridays. Um, I always try to listen to feedback from fans. So going forward, I'm going to try to put things on Friday that I think will have the best chance to bring in that audience because here's the thing for me. And we've talked about it a lot, you know, just personally, like rampage is not must see TV. It hasn't been for quite some time. And it it, from day one, it's been up against some very hard circumstances. Like number one it's 10 o'clock on a Friday. Right. And their mark, their, their core audience is going to be young people. Right. And what are young people doing at 10 o'clock on a Friday? You know, you know, back in my day, you know, I'm out of the door at around 10. We're about to hit the club up. You know, we're about to go out there and see what's happening, make it do what it do. So to ask that audience, which already is skewing young to now stay around from 10 to 11 to watch a show that hasn't been much CTV. um, It's 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 really hard um, that they're doing that. And. And let's just be honest with you. So, like, the, the ratings are shrinking, but the overall ratings for the company is shrinking a little bit. Like, we know, and you look at history, that Dynamite has an audience of about a million people that's willing to watch that show. 
uh, give or take 200,000 people. There's 200,000 people that, based on live events, uh, you know, live sports or whatever's happening on TV, they may or may not watch, right? And so the only people that are left watching that show at 10 o'clock on a Friday are going to be your hardcore AEW fans. And we're starting to see that's around 400,000 people that are willing to stick around for, you know, that one hour. So I think it's good news that Tony's going to put a little bit more emphasis on the matchups and promotion for that show because it needs it. I ultimately think, guys, look, they got to move that hour. I don't know where they can move it, right? That's for, I'll let, you know, the two of you who are much smarter than me, you know, figure out where they can move that that <laughs> hour. But it ain't 10 o'clock <laughs> on a Friday night. Like, this is a nice step. Um, but what do you guys think about um, Tony Khan uh, looking to beef up those Friday nights? Well, I think we have um, an announcement coming this weekend about ROH, maybe having some type of other television deal or streaming deal or whatever. So I think for starters, us getting ROH off of AEW television, that's going to also help for the Rampage one hour. But again, it is the death time slot, Friday nights. So we'll sit up here and say, well, SmackDown can get it. Um, Again, SmackDown, we know WWE is a monster. So, but as far as, or a machine, I should say. But for Rampage, they're going to always have less numbers. It's going to keep getting less um, if it stays at that time slot. I don't know where we're going to put it. They don't pay me for me to figure that out. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, that is the death slot, the death time slot. Um, but hopefully at least the, the actual production of the show, the matches is going to get better when you're able to say, hey, on Rampage, we're going to be watching these AEW people go against each other and not this AEW versus the ROH you know, champion. So I think that's going to help a little bit there. Yeah, they're they're starting this week with it. We got Takeshita versus uh, Mox, and then there's some else. Everything they announced for Rampage has been really good for this week, but it's going to take consistent time on that. And you got to get Dynamite back hot to get Rampage hot. They're connected, so if Dynamite is not the hottest thing and we're having issues with stories being told or things is illogical. People definitely aren't going to watch the second show. You know, when rampage first started, it was like SmackDown to raw or vice versa. However you wanted to look at it. Now it's like back in the day, back, back in the day, velocity, Sunday night heat, uh, Ooh, um, wow. those type of shows where it yeah. is. They, they, they put some really good things on that show. Like they did some really strong video packages from this past Friday, but, and I know ratings increased. Your main event cannot be a lumberjack match with um, Marshall and Orange Cassidy. Once again, I know ratings increased from the start of the show to that match, but that's not, to get that show going, you got to do more than that. that that's, that's not the secret sauce. But Tony did say, on that ROH scrum that he's been hearing the feedback and he's making a concerted effort to have less ROH presence on AWTV starting next week. Once they get through this pay-per-view, that is incredible news. You guys know I'll watch ROH by itself. If it has its own one hour TV show, Get it off of my Wednesdays and Fridays. Get it off my Wednesdays and Fridays. I do not want to see it. I don't care enough to watch anything ROH above AEW. 
even though a lot of the ROH people are contracted AW wrestlers. I get it. I get it 100%. <laughs> All right, guys. TFW moment of the week. Rhodesia, I will spare you from singing to save your voice for the weekend. So thank you for your beautiful tones, and hopefully we get it back next week. Uh, mine is going to be, if you don't know what the TFW moment of the week, it is something that we see that we just kind of look at it, and it's something wrestling-related where we just hold say, up, Wait, hold up. Wait, 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 no. Yes. If I can't sing it, if I can't sing it, y'all got to sing it. That's not fair. Oh, well, you're the only singer on the on the pod. I don't think either one of us can do it justice. So seeing you wanted to Come speak on. up, now you got to sing it. Yep, now, now you got to go ahead and hit that tune. Ah, okay. So, <clears throat> TFW, moment of the week. Boom. Oh, you, you sound the same. I think hey, that, let's go. That may speak to your singing ability. If your voice is shot and you sound the same, that, that may mean you need to give up singing. Um, as I was saying, TFW moment of the week is something that the three of us saw that was wrestling related where it could be anything. It could be a promo. It could be a match. could be whatever. And we're like, man, that's freaking wrestling right there. Mine, of course, we talked about it, so I'm not going to belabor the point, is the Ricky Starks promo from Dynamite this week. Checked all the boxes for me on why I am a huge wrestling fan when you just watch that promo. So that is my TFW moment of the week. Throw it to you, Rhodesia. What is yours? I'm sticking with AEW as well. And it is going to be William Regal being able to say his goodbye on AEW television. We don't need to talk about that interview anymore. But for me, that's freaking wrestling. Love it. And I did cry. I did cry. So I'm going to go a little different on, on my moment of the week. What you got? It was seeing Jay Cargill and Trinity, Naomi. I'm not sure what she's going by nowadays. Seeing them together, looking the way they were looking. Them beautiful, sexy women at the Atlanta Hawks game. Woo! I would have went to that game if I had known they were there. Just seeing them together, and not only seeing them there looking the way they were looking, to see, I think, a contracted WWE employee. I had an extra W, I think. With an AEW contract employee. W, W. Hey, okay, so now you said it. It's Kurt Angle right there. W, W. What is that extra W stand for? Worldwide. I was wide out. My eyes was wide open. Let me tell you something right now. You understand? Look. Seeing them together, right? He's like, that's just an amazing moment because you see these these two, you know, they're on different sides. They're together yeah. at this event, and they wouldn't hide it, right? They was, you know, they was uh, taking pics together. You know, Naomi's following behind Jay with the camera, showing us what's going on, making me feel like I need to be there for more. Look, guys, I thought that was cool to see, you know, those guys hanging out, those ladies hanging out. And then I loved seeing the pictures and the videos that they took. So that was my moment of the week. It brought a lot of joy to my day. And anybody who saw those photos should have brought a joy to your day as well. Perfect way to end episode 10 of the TFW podcast. You guys know the deal for the podcast. Please subscribe so you get the new episode sent right to you. All right, while you're there, hey, we need some more five-star ratings. We see you guys listening. Please leave us a five-star rating and some reviews so we can start moving up these charts out here in these podcast streets. Also, give us a follow 
on Twitter at that's FNW. And then we do have YouTube. Subscribe there to see video clips from this show and the other shows at that's freaking wrestling. As always, guys, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week.